OM Podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking with Michael O'Connor, Kitchen Coordinator Extraordinaire from Lakewood United Methodist Church in North Little Rock. Michael took a few minutes to chat with me, too many minutes out of his schedule while I was visiting there during this summer's mission week. He offered some great tips for new kitchen crews, shared some secrets he has learned over the years, and explained why he still volunteers even though his kids are grown and gone. Today, I have with me Michael O'Connor, who has been working in the kitchen at Lakewood United Methodist Church during Ozark Mission Project weeks for many years, but I will uh, let him introduce himself to you and tell you how he is involved in Ozark Mission Project. Uh, Thank you, Karen. Uh, My name is Michael O'Connor. I'm a software guy that uh, I've worked in restaurants long ago, but picked up a little bit of institutional food knowledge of how to scale and that that's what comes in happy on uh, ONP week just being able to take a recipe and scale it up to feed 60 70 80 people so and then learning from that and it's been I, I like to tell people that I do software because OMP is an iterative learning experience where you learn from the mistakes that you've made and keep trying to improve and keep getting better at this. And so that's what we've tried to do over the years. So we started, oh Lord, long, long ago. Um, I think the first camp here was 2009, 2010. And the first time we did it was me and Hank's sister. And we were... Uh, we had a small camp, but we got everybody fed, and but we learned stuff. So we learned over the years separation of duties makes things like lunches and breakfasts and dinners easier, and coordinating volunteers. We've gotten a, a better job of doing that and trying to get more people involved. So you uh, you have kind of found that it's important to put maybe one point person in charge of maybe one point person in, front, in charge of breakfast, one in charge of lunches, one in charge of dinners. Is that how you kind of manage your staff? Yes, we don't and we don't try to really separate the duties that much. But like in our camp, Kay Adams is our our lunch person, and anything Kay needs, we make sure she gets it, and then she's she talks to the campers. Where's your lunch box? And where's your cooler? And why did you not clean it out? And those little OMP things that everyone who's been to OMP knows about. So we all have, um, I direct a camp, so I know that we have a separate food budget. And it depends on how many community builders are at each camp. That's that's what our budget is. Um, Larger mission weeks have a larger food budget, and you know, obviously. But how do you, um, how do you best manage the budget that you're given? Well, I, uh, I laugh, I cry, <laughs> I, I become a carnival salesman grifter, and I start beg, <laughs> borrowing, and stealing uh, donations from people in the church, people in the community, uh, so I can stretch that budget. So even though it's not a great deal of money per person, I can, I can use multipliers by buying in bulk, uh, stretching things. Uh, reusing leftovers and repurposing leftovers and always no le- leftovers left behind. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. So 
Um, and again, trying to keep food safety paramount. Um, so, you know, if we've used something once and we've used a leftover, that's gone. But, you know, anything that we can find a good, good use for, we will use. So give me an example of that. We had um, a food broker, a, a friend of mine, who gave us a case of blackberry preserves in number 10 cans. Okay, and I'm thinking blackberry preserves, what is an OMP kitchen staff gonna do with that? So go ahead. <laughs> well, we made cobbler. <laughs> now, I got some fresh blueberries to supplement it, uh, but stretched out the, the preserves. It made a reasonable facsimile of a cobbler filling, especially with real blueberries in it. Made the topping. And it was a big hit. And I was like, that is the sweetest cobbler that anyone has ever had. I, and I was like, that's a little sketchy. But, but that was using what we had in a way that was, you know, once you get it hot and you put ice cream on it. It was fabulous, I'm sure. And the kids were starving. Yeah. And they appreciated yeah. it. We have a good reputation as a, a good food camp. But I, to your point, I mean, I don't know that it matters what you feed people after they've worked in 100 degree weather in June in Arkansas. Right, they're uh, going to appreciate it. Yeah. But you do have to be creative yeah. sometimes. And that's, that's where we try to, to, to use what we're given, uh, be creative with both donations and leftovers and everything like that. So I'm always trying to repurpose anything. And the tricky part is always every camp is different. Um, some camps, they can't get enough fresh food, fruit at all. Uh, some camps, they're not going to touch the fruit. Yes. Right. You just never know. So. So, what are your, some of the favorite meals and recipes that you prepare for the community builders? Anything that we cook on the grill is usually very popular. Mm -hmm. um, How do you get cheap protein? Cheap protein, uh, we've gotten donations, we've gotten funding. Um, cheap protein is usually an issue. Um, and so if I need, if, if I have to buy the cheap protein, then I'm usually getting like bulk ground beef or ground turkey uh, and trying to do that. Do something. What do you do with the ground beef and ground turkey? I will Because that's not going to be on the grill, obviously. No. Uh, uh, one of the favorites is taco night. Um, where I can do ground beef or ground chicken or both, um, but then supplement that with like a lot of salad, chips, maybe some cheese sauce, cheese dip kind of thing. And so you can spread it out a lot of ways with, with some healthy things like salad mixed in that usually is pretty popular. Uh, so taco and I, we didn't do it this year, but uh, that the other is spaghetti. There's always pasta right uh, how do you prepare your pasta in bulk which this may just be me personally wanting to ask that question because I always think it's really hard to make spaghetti for a large group of people it is more challenging I steal some stuff from when I worked at Olive Garden which is we would get a large pot of boiling water and then uh, we've got an insert where you can drain the pasta by lifting it out and your water stays hot, and you can put in another batch of pasta. Okay, so do you put, um, 
I heard some people put a little bit of oil in their pasta. Do you put oil in your pasta? I put a little bit, but it's not tremendously important. When you're doing a large batch of, of pasta, I would recommend that because it, a large batch of pasta, you got to watch that because it's going to clump up. Is he right? It's going it, to stick. You've got to keep stirring it. Yeah, which is why it. I think it's hard. But that, that's a great idea to keep the, the keep the pots going. Yeah. To keep the water warm, uh-huh. water hot. And uh, the other thing I do is, again, well in advance of mealtime or if we're serving the homeless or something like that, is like get two pots of water going because you're going to start losing water as it starts. As long as it's hot and keeps boiling, keeps moving, you're going to be good. Have so. you ever made the spaghetti ahead of time and put it in um, big serving dishes and brought it out and warmed it? There's almost nothing that Rex and Grant and I have made that we have not tried to make ahead. Uh, pasta, what I tend to do with pasta like that, if we were going to do it ahead of time, is mix the meat sauce and the spaghetti, put it into long chance, but then top it with cheese, and then you could just cut squares of it out, lasagna oh, style. Okay. Uh, we've done that once or twice. Uh, and so it's still spaghetti, but you've got... It's big spaghetti now, so yeah. it's, it's different. It's, it's a little bit different. Yeah. So what else have you made ahead of time? Because I know timing is everything. If, if right. they say dinner's at 6 o'clock, those kids are wanting to eat at 6 o'clock. So yeah. if you don't have your timing right, that might be an issue. So how do you? what do you make ahead so that you make sure your timing is right? Well, I cheat. Um, I have a warmer in this kitchen. Uh, and so my target time is usually 30 minutes ahead. I don't try to get too far ahead of that. I don't want to let it warm for too long because you do start to degrade in food quality. But uh, using the warmer, I mean, we can get any any kind of casserole dish or uh, even the burgers that we grilled the other day, we had those ready a good 40 minutes probably before mealtime just so we could get them out. And they'll stay hot enough that they're still pretty good burgers. They were excellent burgers. I yeah. had got to eat one of those burgers. They were excellent. So, so that's 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 what we do, and, and that I know a lot of a lot of camps don't have the option of that. But uh, when we didn't have the warmer, we would use like an oven on low because I do have two ovens, so you could stash something in the oven and warm. You don't want to get too tricky and make it too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we don't ever try to get everything poof magic at the last minute that, right that just is a recipe for late dinner so if yeah, exactly <laughs> so if you have a group that has never had um omp at their church and you've got a brand new kitchen staff what are you going to say these are going to be your no fails this is what you need to do this is what you need to know going in cold um my my concerns were what you mentioned before, being on time, being things, uh, making sure everyone gets fed, portioning. That's the thing I think people really need to be aware of the first time in is you're not cooking for your family or your friend. If you've never cooked in bulk, you have to think a little bit differently. So you have to, you have to kind of think backwards. Um, so you have, to, you have to meal plan. Um, and then you have to scale, and then the, the planning becomes the main thing. So you want to make sure that you've got a balanced meal, uh, you've got everything. Uh, it, 
And once you have your plan in place, then you can start finding your help. But it's very hard to, to get help or volunteer help if you don't have uh, if you don't project that you're certain of what's going on. They want to so, know that there's a plan, that yes. they're not the ones having to come up with the plan. Exactly. And I would also tell people, you know, don't, don't overthink it. Keep, keep your meal plan simple, uh, an entree, a vegetable, uh, a healthy starch. Um, anything you think of for dessert, is going to be a big hit at OMP. Right. So make it something simple. I've served brownies. I think this is the sixth, fifth time in a row that I've made brownies. Uh, and Kay's made all the brownies. But um, we've got ice cream to go with them, so it's different. So. Right. It, right. It looks a little bit different. <laughs> they might be iced. They might have powdered sugar on them. They're, you know, yeah. you never know what they're going to look like. So what do you have, like, no-fail recipes. Do you have recipes that if, if I were to say, Hey Michael, I've got this church that has never done this before. What kind of recipes do you have that we might be able to share with them? Kind of depends. Uh, I've had good luck with lasagnas, uh, and actually this week we did uh, Stouffer's lasagnas, and uh, I'm kind of a lasagna snob. I like to make them myself, but those were pretty good. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, and people were fed so yes don't I'm be... a lasagna snob too and I don't like orange lasagna <laughs> yeah. but I'm... the kids love it yeah I grew up in a home where my mom made lasagna homemade and I make lasagna homemade so so I'm a snob too don't let your own personal preference for a really well-made dish don't let that preference for the way you really want something to stop you from making an easier simpler version that will be just fine and so because uh, it will be cheaper as well it will be cheaper it will be easier it will take less time um, and the campers don't die of starvation while they're waiting for Michael to get the dish just right right uh, so so it's part of it is don't let my ego intrude on <laughs> getting things done right so, so do you buy all of your groceries in bulk at the beginning of the week um, do you buy groceries every day? How do you manage that? Um, I've, I've kind of evolved. I mean, we started with the the model of get it all from the food broker on the first of the week, put stuff it in the freezers and take things out as needed. But it seems to work better for a camp in town. Um, that for me, I, I should only buy about five or six things from the food broker. And, and when you say free food broker, what do you mean? Benny Keith is our food broker this year. They'll, think they'll, they'll come deliver it in the truck, but it's more expensive. So I, I get a better cost-benefit ratio buying small things from like Sam's and Walmart. So I, I become an intense shopper during OMP week trying to figure out who's got the best deals on what. So like things like Edwards Food Saver, they all run, you know, five for $25, things like that. So I got a bunch of turkey, pretty good turkey, at a better price than what uh, Benny Keith was going to give me. So what did you uh, do with the turkey that you got? That was uh, lunches. Okay, like lunch meat turkey. Yeah. That was yeah. lunch meat. Okay. Okay, so, so um, what do you do when we find out, like the sometimes the Ozark Mission Project office will say, hey, we've got cases of um, chicken that we're going to be sending your way. 
that Tyson donated. What are you going to do with that chicken? Well, um, if it's just chicken breasts, then sometimes I'll do what Justin is doing now and grill it. Uh, sometimes I'll turn it into um, like a little kind of faux chicken parmesan, just top it with some sauce and uh, cheese. Uh, what would you serve that with? Some kind of quick and easy pasta, maybe spaghetti. Um, the other thing is chicken sandwiches, uh, just, you know, bread them and I use our convection oven as an air fryer, so you can get things fairly crispy with it. So it's great for great for bulk cooking bacon. Uh, yes, tell me about breakfast. Breakfast is a biggie, because that's the group that has to be there really early, yeah. and that's, that's huge with timing. I mean, uh -huh. I don't get the timing right in my own house. So how do you get the timing right at OMP? We typically start um, at 6 a.m., uh, assuming I camp start time of 7.30, which is pretty typical. Right, meal uh, time will start at 7.30, right? Yeah. So Okay, so you're here at 6. And we will fire up the oven. If we have leftover bacon and sausage from the previous day, we're just going to heat that back up and put it in the warmer. Otherwise, we're going to start cooking bacon, start cooking sausage. Uh, then we'll typically make biscuits. Um, and we've got that mapped out pretty well on um, the bacon and sausage can hold the longest time and still taste great. The biscuits, usually we want to cook those last. Do you make homemade biscuits? We typically use frozen, uncooked biscuits um, that we get in bulk either from Sam's or from Benny Keefe. Okay, so you're just baking those yeah. in the, the convection oven probably? Yeah. The one time that I tried homemade biscuits, it was just... They were good biscuits, but it just was not worth the time and effort. Right. Uh, for the, it wasn't, the quality, again, the quality being better is not worth the time. Right. So, well, and with kids, lots of times biscuits are just a vehicle for gravy. Or jelly. Or jelly. So tell me about your gravy. How do you do gravy? We had that this morning. It was wonderful. And it's a Benny Keith mix. It's just add water, boil, uh, three quarts of water, mix the mix into one quarter of water. Uh, when the water boils, mix that in. Uh, and I, I've seen that from just about every food service country, co company there is. They call it white gravy, country gravy. There's different variations, but they're usually pretty consistent and pretty, pretty tasty. Do you uh, zhuzh it up at all with anything? I will sometimes add a little bit of bacon or sausage, depending on if I have something that's it's still safe, but it looks really ugly. I'll toss it in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, they can't see yeah, it when I it's mean, covered in gravy. Well, I mean, it'll add a little flavor. Right. I mean, maybe uh, if we have extra bacon grease, I may add a little bit of that. And depends on how thick the gravy gets, if it needs to be thinned out. Somewhere. Right. How do you do your eggs? We had scrambled eggs this morning, so how do you make sure those turn out right in bulk? <laughs> um, here, here is another secret. Benny Keith sells boil-in-the-bag eggs. Uh, they're frozen. Uh, we've used two per day. And uh, that gives, has given us about close to 100 servings of eggs, which so, some people get more than one small serving. We don't have a whole lot of serving. So what does that look like, the boil-in-the-bag? What is that? I mean, because they were scrambled. They weren't, like, hard-boiled. So Right. Uh, 
they had the the beaten eggs are frozen and they're in a really strong plastic bag that's boil proof and you just drop them in the boiling water and they'll take like 45 minutes to an hour to and they'll firm up and they'll be and they become scrambled eggs and they become scrambled eggs so they're frozen in yeah. the plastic bag yeah. you drop the frozen in the boiling water yeah. and over time which i'm sure there's directions on the package you have scrambled eggs yes that is genius uh, that that has has been very helpful now i've always been one again uh, i don't mind cracking 75 eggs well I can do that one-handed, the crack the egg and, right. and not get shells in. Uh, but people look at me funny, like I'm, and, and it takes more time. So the the happy part of the boil in the bag eggs is you don't have to sit and stir the eggs while you're cooking them. You don't have to, you you do have to tend that. You do have to watch it and kind of move them around. Just make sure both sides are getting cooked evenly. So, so how do you um? How do you make sure that you're going to be within budget and still be able to feed everybody? How much stuff do you actually get donated by um, either vendors or other classes? Did any classes come in and just pay for the food and cook it and serve it? And Yes. Um, at our camp, the Trinity class, the Christian Action class, and the New Horizons class. New Horizons donated the pizza. Um, so that's Sue easy. just wrote the pizza and New Horizons picked it up and so uh, but they paid for everything I got some salad uh, so our total meal cost was you know like 30 bucks right that's awesome <laughs> for the lasagna dinner they they paid for, for everything and we kicked in the dessert um, and last night the Christian Action Class, they got everything. So, uh, okay, so we feed, let's see, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's five evenings. You had three meals almost completely donated. And tonight's meals completely donated because Justin's out cooking chicken that was not donated, but he he and his group, uh, Albert Pike Mason Lodge, they, uh, they picked up the tab. So they, four of the five dinner meals. No. No, five, five of the five. Last night, the catfish dinner was donated by the Optimist Club. So, again, now, I, it, it has taken us years to get this level of involvement. I mean, but every time you, you make a connection, we try to, to make sure that we're treating our donors nicely and thanking them. And, again, thank you, everyone who's donated. Right. So uh, what about breakfast? How many of those meals have you those actually we, done? That, that's where we've actually done our work. Uh, it, and that's that's a harder meal to get donated because people are less comfortable doing that. I mean, I guess people could go out and get a bunch of Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits and bring them up there. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard of that being done at camp. But for us, it we, we haven't pursued that as aggressively as we have with dinners because dinners seem to be what people around here prefer to donate. Um, and. So what else? I've only done one breakfast at this mission week so far. So what uh, what other breakfasts have you served? We did pancakes, uh, and that that one was a 
that was a trick that uh, could be passed along. Um, Rex and I were talking about pancakes, uh, and we've got uh, griddle tops for our gas stove. Right. Uh, but I made the pancakes the day before, and then we popped them into the freezer and heated them up the morning. So the problem with the pancake breakfast is trying to keep up with, you know, so this way we could make the pancakes before, have them ready, and not have to worry about the six pancakes on a time on the grill. Right, uh, so, so, so you, so you, they were homemade pancakes. They were homemade and pancakes. So you were able to then, you put them in the freezer, and then how did you heat them up? In the convection oven, okay. once again. Did you lay them flat? To yeah. Just lay them flat on yeah. the trays and do that? Yes. You touched early on in the conversation about food safety. What would be the most important things that you think need to happen in order to keep our kids safe? We need to emphasize clean hands, hand washing, uh, sanitizer for surfaces. Uh, uh, temperature is extremely important. Uh, Food safety guidelines, you don't, you cannot keep anything below, I believe it's 145, uh, that, that range of 145 to 160. Uh, and I'm, I apologize for I'm not 100% current on my food safety regs, and I should be. But you want to make sure that you've got a dishwasher that is able to sanitize, uh, and we have that. Uh, and I always want to make sure that people are aware that we cannot leave food out, um, that, yeah, we want to keep leftovers, but we don't need to say, oh, I'll just leave this here and go put it away in a couple hours. So always be aware of, you know, getting your food back into a chilled environment if you're going to be keeping it, or dispose of it safely, or if there's a local resource of, homeless shelter or somebody who, who takes donations like that, take it down there. Take it down there. So yeah. I have a question for you. This is the, the biggie. What makes you want to come back and do this every single year? You don't, I mean, you're, you don't have any kids in the program, right? That are that out there correct. being community builders. You're, what are, why would you do this? Well, I did have one who went through this program and still has fond memories. Uh, I, I do love this program. Uh, it gives, uh, it helps the community, it helps build bridges, it helps teach our youth how they can make a difference and impact a neighbor's life uh, just, with, just with a smile. Basically, sometimes the work we do is incidental in actually connecting with the neighbor. Maybe that's a lonely elderly person who has, doesn't have contact. But just an outreach like OMP needs to be supported. And if I can help in any way, it's a great mission. So that's what keeps us going. And Every year we say we're too old for this, and every year we keep going. We keep so. coming back. Well, you know, sometimes you, people think, well, I can't build a wheelchair ramp, so I, there's nothing I can do to support Ozark Mission Project. But you are a wonderful example, and your staff, of ways that you can support Ozark Mission Project. And if you really need some, some comic relief 
for your podcast, go talk to Hank Godwin and ask him about me using tools. Because <laughs> I, have, I have been a driver and I've tried my best. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's comical, uh, but uh, never, you feel never more, caused injury. You so. feel more comfortable in the kitchen. I'm sure that he would rather you be in the kitchen and him be on the job site and vice versa. I, I am sure he would definitely affirm that for you. Well, but, we all uh, have our gifts. Exactly. But, uh, and that's a great point, too, because the, us doing this does enable everybody to move forward. Because when I was at camp, I was not wanting to go back and fix dinner. Right. <laughs> it's like... I was wanting dinner to be real good and real quick. Right. Well, but, I'll tell you what, all, the kids always appreciate the meals so much because they are so hungry. They have, yeah. they have used so many calories during the day that they always seem to be so appreciative of whatever you put before them. Yeah, and that, that's where, as meal preparers, we have to be good stewards of our kids, too. And, and not just the kids, but our other helpers and drivers and staff, and, and make sure that we're offering nutrition, uh, tasty nutrition, obviously, but uh, give everybody a balance and make sure that, okay, did they get plenty of water? Did I give them plenty of fluids? Did I give them, did I give them anything that was green? Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> right. Are they gonna eat that if it's green? Because like, it's one thing to, provide spinach yay spinach but right if nobody wants you know cream spinach don't prepare well i would i would eat it yeah but but the kids probably wouldn't so yeah. what are favorites of the kids over the years what have you found are the kids favorites veggie wise uh, I, I find that kids respond pretty well to salads which is seems strange but then basic things like green beans i mean even if you're not doing a whole lot to them People will eat those and carrots pretty pretty reliably. Um, and again, every camp is different. Um, so, again, struggle struggle with that some. So. Okay. Well, you have yeah. given uh, lots of good ideas and tips for um, what to do when you're mm -hmm. on a kitchen staff and how to prepare things and some recipe ideas, things that I didn't know that I'll definitely be taking back to my own group of kitchen people and um michael i appreciate your time and uh, talking with me today i know that tonight's neighbor night where we're preparing more food than we usually do because our neighbors are coming to eat with us and you have lots to do this is true and the other tip for one last tip for neighbor night empty your refrigerator if you have something in there take it out and put it on the table, let someone to take it. Because someone will take it home. Yeah. Yes. Uh, someone will take it home or they, or they will eat it tonight. Eat it tonight. Yes. So, like, so we have chicken, we have carrot sticks. Okay. Uh, I don't think we have any fruit left, but we have other odds and ends. Uh, okay. And put it out there. They'll eat it. And tomorrow's breakfast will be the best breakfast because it will be everything that's been left over. Yeah. <laughs> and a French toast casserole. Oh, wonderful. So, we'll see. Okay, that'll happen with all of the leftover bread. Was there any leftover bread from lunches? There was. Why? Funny you should mention that. And but it's going to be a breakfast tomorrow for French toast yes. casserole. So and that, again, that, that is me in a nutshell at OMP. It's like, I am not throwing anything away. I'm not going to, I'm going to reuse it. Right. So. What can I do with this? Yeah. What can I create? And 
when you start to think about that, then everybody who's working starts to think like that. And then everybody else says, well, I saw a recipe where you could, you know, make bread pudding. And that's, you know, if we were doing dessert tomorrow night, yeah, we'd have bread pudding. But, right. Uh, and well, and, you yeah. know, if there's leftover tortillas from taco night, those are going to be breakfast burritos uh-huh. tomorrow. Oh, that's the other item on the menu is breakfast burritos. Breakfast burritos. We yeah. didn't get to taco night, but I had tortillas. So so there you go. So there and you I'm, go. I'm out of the bagged eggs. So I bought a few eggs to make breakfast burritos with the leftover lunch ham. So there and some go. salsa. Yes. So. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Michael. I You're appreciate welcome. you. You're welcome. Glad to talk to you.